This is the Adams Road Podcast, an outreach of the Christian music ministry Adams Road. We study verse by verse through the Bible and share music filled with God's Word. Let's start today by listening through Acts chapter 13, verses 6 through 12. When they had gone through the island of Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus, who is with the proconsul, Sergius Paulus, a man of understanding. This man summoned Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. But Elimus the sorcerer, for so as his name by interpretation, withstood them, seeking to turn aside the proconsul from the faith. But Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, fastened his eyes on him and said, Full of all deceit and all cunning, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? Now behold, the hand of the Lord is on you, and you will be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. Immediately a mist of darkness fell on him, He went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. Then the proconsul, when he saw what was done, believed being astonished at the teaching of the Lord. All right, let's move on. Verses 6 and 7. When they had gone through the island to Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew, whose name was Bar-Jesus, who was with the proconsul, Sergius Paulus, a man of understanding. This man summoned Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. So after they shared God's word in Salamis, they went to Paphos. Paphos was the center of Aphrodite worship for the whole Aegean world. Aphrodite was the ancient Greek goddess of sexual love and beauty known mostly as a goddess of love and fertility. All of this to say, Barnabas and Saul were dealing with a culture of immorality and spiritual darkness. So while they are there, they run into this Jewish sorcerer, described here as a false prophet. The name Bar-Jesus means son of Joshua or son of the Savior. Kind of a deceptive name for a false prophet, as he was anything but the son of a Savior. This sorcerer was with Sergius Paulus, who was the proconsul. In the Roman Empire, proconsul was a title held by a civil governor and did not imply military command. Unlike Pontius Pilate, for example, a governor appointed by the Roman emperor himself, proconsuls were appointed by the Senate to preside over senatorial provinces within the Roman Empire, chosen yearly by lot. These officers, or proconsuls, had authority to exercise civil functions within their province. All of this to simply say, this was a man of authority who summoned Barnabas and Saul with interest to hear the word of God. In Mark 13:9, Jesus promised that his disciples would stand before rulers and kings for his sake, to bear witness before them. Barnabas and Paul are getting a small taste of that promise here with Sergius Paulus. You know, I find it so exciting when others pursue wanting to hear God's word from us, right? Most of the time, we are seeking opportunity to share with others. 
It's a blessing when others approach us with questions, seeking, wanting to learn from God's Word. Peter encourages us, always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that's in you. Barnabas and Paul were ready. Are we ready? Verse 8, But Eliam is the sorcerer, for so is his name by interpretation, withstood them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. How often this seems to be the case. When someone is seeking truth, opposition isn't far away. When you try to do the right thing, someone around you throws a fit. How sad is it when people have such a zeal for turning others away from the truth? It's one thing to make that choice yourself, but how much worse when you try and drag down other people with you? I guess misery loves company. John 3, 18 to 21 tells us, And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people loved the darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his work should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. The proconsul here was trying to come to the light. Elimus the sorcerer hated the light and not only did not want to come to the light himself, but hindered others in doing so. Jesus had harsh words for the Pharisees, which statement perhaps could be applied to such like Elimus. But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut the kingdom of heaven in people's faces, for you neither enter yourselves nor allow those who would enter to go in. And Jesus said in Matthew 18, verse 6, But if anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him to have a large millstone hung around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. There are spiritual forces of evil at work behind those who oppose God. Their behavior may at times seem irrational, but that's because the God of this world, Satan, has blinded their eyes. They're under the influence of the spirit of this age, which opposes everything good from above. All right, let's keep reading. But Saul, who is also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, fastened his eyes on him and said, You son of the devil, full of all deceit and all cunning, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? Now behold, the hand of the Lord is on you, and you will be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. Immediately a mist and darkness fell on him, and he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. Paul was Saul's Roman name. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. So what does Paul say, being filled with the Holy Spirit? Something kind, encouraging, gentle, lovey-dovey? <laughs> Paul says, you son of the devil, full of all deceit and all cunning, you enemy of all righteousness. He tells Elimus a harsh and condemning truth and he doesn't sugarcoat that reality. You know, this is a sobering reminder that there's a time and place within the working of the Holy Spirit for sharp rebuke. It's not always butterflies and roses. And how we engage others through the working of the Spirit 
God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. We sow what we reap. If you proudly oppose God, don't be surprised with what you reap. Paul doesn't stop with this bold declaration of Elimus being a son of the devil. He continues saying, Now behold, the hand of the Lord is on you, and you'll be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. The Holy Spirit, through Paul, brought a sort of judgment on Elimus for his rebellious and harmful behavior. Actions that not only were harming himself, but were seeking to harm others. Now there is a scriptural precedent beyond Paul's conversion experience for those opposing God to be blinded, which we find in the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. Angels came to rescue Lot and his family from the coming judgment of Sodom. Lot, who kindly received the guests, was told to get out of the city with his family so that the angels could destroy it. In the meantime, the wicked men of Sodom were attempting to make sexual advances on the angels who were in Lot's house. Since Lot wouldn't give up the angels to the men, they were trying to break down the door to do worse to Lot than they had planned for the angels. As a result of their depraved opposition, the angels struck with blindness the men who were at the entrance of the house, both small and great, so that they wore themselves out groping for the door. And as a result, Lot and his household were able to escape the city in judgment. All of this to say, Eliamus was not in good company, being struck blind for rebellion and opposition. Like the men opposing Lot in Genesis, Eliamus too was blinded. He was hindered from opposing Barnabas and Paul from teaching the proconsul the word of God, so that the proconsul could escape condemnation and find eternal life in Christ. Verse 12. Then the proconsul, when he saw what was done, believed, being astonished at the teaching of the Lord. The proconsul believed, having seen what happened to Elimus. Perhaps the sign performed through Paul in blinding Elimus for opposing the message brought about in the proconsul a sort of fearful and reverential awe towards the God of Israel. I know if that was me, I'd probably be like, man, I should like really seriously consider this message given through Paul. As always, signs performed through Jesus' disciples were meant to point people to the message God was delivering through them. How many times have we already covered in the book of Acts where the signs and miracles performed through Peter, for example, really set the platform for the proclamation of the gospel. And so it was here with Paul. Elimus was a hindrance to the gospel going forth to the proconsul. The supernatural event worked through Paul in blinding Elimus served to clear the path for further sharing God's word with the proconsul. The sign performed was like the appetizer, but the main course was the teaching. Notice the proconsul's subsequent belief in Jesus came not at the astonishment at what he saw done to Elimus, but at the astonishment of the teaching of the Lord. It was the teaching of Jesus through Paul that brought this man to faith, not the cursing of Elimus to blindness. Paul says in Romans 10:17, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. 
John the Baptist saying, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes, though those who live in luxury are in king's palaces. But again Jesus asked them all, what did you go out to see? A prophet, yes, and more. He is the messenger who came before to prepare the way for me. And John was full of truth, unlike the Pharisees. He was a servant of God, though he may not have looked clean. The rulers of this world use authority, but not so with you, for you are servants of Jesus. Whoever would be great must be a slave and lower himself for Jesus' sake. of Jesus Christ speaks the word without requiring pay and knows that all they have belongs to God and so they give away to strengthen all the weak and Jesus calls to everyone come follow me and following the Lord can be Servant.
that was Kings and Palaces from the Adams Road album, Enemy of the Cross. You like to walk around in your designer suits Reveling in being seen by men You take the best seats at conference And people rise when you enter the room Devouring poor income While you're sitting on all of your wealth Raining church-owned corporations For your multi-million dollars For a pretense you make like the arrogant prayers You exalt yourself and one day you'll be humbled Woe to you, hypocrite You shut the kingdom of heaven in man's face is neither you nor them i 
hand gathers her young under her wings, but you would not submit yourself to his word, remaining ignorant of the righteousness of God, which is faith in Christ. You renew your bondage weekly with your prisoners by feeding them with leaven bread and water. You offer them damnation while Christ feeds with salvation. But inside they're full of dead men's That was Seven Woes, from the Adams Road album, Enemy of the Cross. This is the Adams Road podcast, an outreach of the Christian music ministry, Adams Road. You can learn more about us at adamsroadministry.com. Again, that's adamsroadministry.com. We release a new podcast episode every Saturday. Join us next episode as we examine Acts chapter 13, verses 13 through 14. Grace and peace be with you all.